welcome to the Plant School Podcast. I'm Rachel Tenney, and here we learn all about plants, how they work, how to care for them, and it's all taught in a way that anyone, from beginner to expert, can listen to, understand, and enjoy. So I hope that you will join me in Plant School. Hello and welcome to the Plant School Podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode. We're going to be going over kind of what it takes to run a greenhouse. We're talking with someone today who his grandparents started a greenhouse and so his whole life has been heavily involved with this greenhouse and he gives a lot of great insights. Maybe if you should start one. Lots of really fun details. I had so much fun interviewing him. His name is Ryan McCord. Honestly, such a personable guy, so easy to talk to, and I hope you guys enjoy this interview with him. But before we jump into it, we are going to give out two free plants to two of you, our listeners. The reason we are able to do these giveaways every single episode is actually because of the person I'm interviewing today, Ryan McCord. He reached out to me and offered to do this which was so gracious and kind. So what I like to do for our winners is I like to take someone who has left a review on Apple Podcasts and give away a free plant to someone there, as well as someone who has answered the most recent Spotify question. Under every episode, there's just like a fun little trivia question, and if you have answered it, then you are entered in. You do need to answer the most recent episode, though, because that is what I will be choosing from. For some reason, I'm not able to get to my Apple podcast reviews. So for this episode, I'm going to be choosing two from Spotify. Just know that that's not the norm. You can enter in on either one. And generally, I will choose from both of those because that's where a majority of you listeners are listening in from. So for today, we're going to do two on Spotify. I asked you guys in the last episode, it was all about houseplants in the winter, how to care for them. And I asked, what's one thing you can do for your houseplants to help them in the wintertime? All right, so first one, we have Brianna Lee Rimber. She said, I have added a humidifier and grow lights and have placed my plants closer together. That's perfect advice for your plants in the wintertime. And next person, we have Sydney Lynn, and she said to move them away from drafty windows, which again is another piece of sound advice. So thank you guys so much for interacting, for answering these questions. If you want to win a free plant, you can enter in again. If you're listening on Spotify, go down to the question right underneath this episode, take a few seconds to answer it, and you're entered in. And if you're listening on Apple, take a few seconds to leave a review. It's as easy as that. Without further ado, here is my interview with Ryan McCord of Sunshine Greenhouses. All right, we are here with Ryan McCord. He is, he doesn't, own Sunshine Greenhouses, but he works at Sunshine Greenhouses. And he's actually the one that's been supplying the free plants for our plant giveaway. So we're super thankful for him for that to just start off. But also, I wanted to kind of pick his brain today on what it takes to have a greenhouse be involved in it, because his grandmother was the one who started this. And we're going to learn all about that, starting with the question of Ryan, how did you get into the greenhouse industry in your own words? And probably kind of tied along with your story is what's the story of Sunshine Greenhouses and how that came to be? Yeah. So, I mean, 
grew up in it, right? And so I guess where I started kind of starts with Sunshine Greenhouses. And I guess I'll, I'll kind of tell that story first and kind of how I came into it. Back in the 80s, my grandma, my grandpa started a greenhouse in Provo, Utah. And it was over on State Street. Grandpa was a biology teacher. And my grandma was uh, like a stay-at-home mom. And my grandpa always loved plants. He always loved the science behind them. And he always thought it would be really, really cool to get involved. And so they started a greenhouse. And how um, the greenhouse industry was at that time, they would load up a truck full of plants. And then they would drive to individual stores. And then people would come out of the stores and say, okay, I want that plant. I want that plant. I want that. And they'd sell them directly off of the truck. And so, and so that's what they started doing. And then my grandpa, super science guy, he decided he wanted to go down to a place called Newcastle, Utah. It's out kind of just north of St. George, just kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Out there, there's these geothermal springs. And he wanted to heat his greenhouses with geothermal water. And he thought this is going to be a great idea. We can save on, you know, powering the greenhouses. We can keep the greenhouses significantly cheaper because we're using a natural thing. And so he went down there and he started building those greenhouses. And so at this point, they had two different greenhouses going. And my grandma was driving. They had school buses, actually, that they would drive around to, to different stores in Utah and Idaho and just around. And they would sell plants out of the back of them. Anyway, so long story short, the, the Newcastle greenhouse, it calculations were wrong. It was going to cost too much money to draw the water out of the ground and heat the greenhouses. And so over time, that really took a toll on the rest of the business. And over time, eventually, both of those greenhouses went bankrupt. And so the, there was loans that had to be paid that didn't get paid. And eventually, the greenhouses, both of them, the one here in Provo and down in Newcastle, eventually went bankrupt. Around the same time, my grandma and grandpa, they got a divorce. And so my dad was 16 at the time, and so he moved with my grandma down to a different part of Provo. And my grandma, she says she had no idea what she was going to do. She had no money. Uh, you know, she had two kids at home still, and she, she really had no clue what she was going to do. She went and talked to her friend who was kind of in the greenhouse industry, and she, her friend said, okay, well, this is what you're going to do. She really helped her out. She said, you're going to live here at this house. There's a tiny greenhouse behind it, and you're just going to work for me at this greenhouse. And my grandma said, okay, you know, I don't have a whole lot of other options. So that's what she was going to do. Eventually, this lady who had helped my grandma, she had to, she had to get rid of that greenhouse because she had another business going on. And so she offered to sell that greenhouse to my, my grandma. She bought the greenhouse. And at that time, it was just one little greenhouse behind their house. And my dad worked there when he was starting when he was 16. And they eventually, you know, they built greenhouses. And if you look at the, the Sunshine Greenhouses now, you can kind of see the progression of when my dad, when he was 16 or 17, started building these greenhouses. And you could definitely see the workmanship in them was not the highest quality, right? He was just working for his mom and he was just trying to make it work. Eventually, they kept building greenhouses and kept building greenhouses. And the real impact my grandma had was she looked at kind of that system where they would go drive trucks to the individual greenhouses or to the individual stores, I mean, and sell them there. And she said, this is a pretty stupid system. And so she went and she said she was just shaken because she went to, it's Kroger now, but back then it was called Grand Central. She went to the buyers there and she said, hey, instead of me just rolling up to your stores, why don't we organize this a little bit? Why don't we, you know, have you order from us and then we'll just deliver you what you want. 
and you look at the greenhouse industry today and that's exactly how it's done. And so she was really on the forefront of changing that whole industry into something that was a lot more effective, that was a lot more easier for everybody. And it, it just, it secured her place and being able to, to really plan out these crops. And, be, and so my dad never stopped working there. And so I grew up around it. And so when he had me, I was, you know, 10 years old working there and he'd pay me a nickel for every, you know, big piece of trash I found on the ground and get went and threw it away. And so it was just kind of a natural progression. And so I, I started working there and I, I've never left and I don't think I'll ever leave. And so that's kind of how I ended up at the greenhouse and and how the greenhouse kind of came to be. Wow, that's an amazing story. It's like, it shows how bumpy it is because from the outside looking in, we're like, oh, it's just been there. You don't, you don't see all the hard work and the faults that happened along the way. Well, my grandma, she's, she still works there. Like she, she's there, you know, she works probably 40 to 50 hours oh a week goodness. and she's 80 years old. Oh man. Yeah, she's, she loves it. Like you couldn't tell her to leave. Like she, she loves it, but it's interesting. Everybody thinks that if you're not doing something crazy by the time, you know, you're 30 or, you know, like your life's over, but she, she had built a business, that business had gone bankrupt and she had two kids and was divorced and she was turning, I think, 50 years old, mm-hmm. right? And to, to take that and say, okay, I'm in this position, what am I going to do and, and have it work? Like, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me feel a little bit better. You know, I feel like people expect you in your late 20s and 30s to have everything figured out, but you know what? Things can happen it's later. Okay. Yeah. How many grandchildren are still involved in the greenhouse? So I have, I probably, rough number, I probably have 20 cousins total. And there's only one other one who, who is really? stuck there, which I think is crazy. Yeah. I think, I think it's people, you know, they all worked there. And, you know, as a kid, you don't like working at all, right? That, that, and so I think that they kind of got jaded a little bit towards it. And so I think they wanted to go and do their own things. And I think I just had... I don't know. I think I had a really fun childhood there and just the memories I had there weren't necessarily bad ones. And so I think I, that helped. And so I, I'm always surprised that there's not more of us. But yeah, right now I have a cousin. Her dad actually joined my dad. So my uncle joined a couple years after my grandma and my dad really started it. And, and so she, she works there with her dad as well. Gotcha. Okay. So the two, two kids your grandma had, your uncle and your dad are still really involved. Yeah. Yeah. And at one point, my uncle was jaded towards it, too. He said, I never want to do anything with plants. I never want to do anything. You know, it's, I hate plants. But eventually he came around and he realized that it's a it's a pretty cool thing we got going. That's awesome. So what are some of like the services that Sunshine Greenhouses provides at this time? So we're a we're a wholesale garden center or not a wholesale garden center. We're a wholesale grower. And um, what that means is that we provide big box stores with with their with their plants in utah and idaho they're called fred myers up in idaho down here they're called smith marketplaces and so we provide their garden centers with with the flowers as well as we're one of the last big growers actually in the west that will supply independent garden centers a lot of big growers are kind of moving away towards bigger contracts but we're one of the we're one of the last people that will actually still supply those independent garden centers and so we believe that that's, you know, the independent garden center is really where spirit, I guess, of the industry is, right? And so we make most of our money, obviously, with the big box stores, but really where the true feeling and the true vibe of the plant industry is in with the independent garden centers. And so we're really proud that we're still able to service them. 
Interesting. So it's just those big contracts and more money that has motivated other growers to go that route. Yeah. And it just, it's, it's, it's easier, right? For an independent garden center in a season, I probably have to grow a hundred geraniums for them, right? Oh, and so in a greenhouse, that's probably 5% of the space. And versus if I'm growing geraniums for a big box store, I'm probably growing 10,000. It's a lot easier to plan your crops. And as well as big box stores are willing to take more risks. They're willing to tell you more in advance what they want because they look at their data and they look at everything. And so the independent garden center can't really do that. They don't, they don't know year to year exactly what they can and they can't afford the losses that a big box store can. Or it's a little bit more niche uh, what, a, what an independent garden center can do. Oh, okay. So do you think independent garden centers will like continue to be around if their growers are starting to leave? I think so. I think so because I think the independent garden centers are I think you're gonna, they're going to have to adapt, and I think that they're going to have to grow a lot of their own stuff. And so you look at the independent garden centers that are really doing well. It's the independent garden centers that are growing a lot of their own stuff mm-hmm. and just supplementing with, with exterior, which can be really cool because if you look at it, the, in, the independent garden center can provide for their customers better they're growing the stuff themselves because it's, it's going to be curated more towards their customers that they know versus versus us. I think we have a pretty good pulse on what a customer wants, but we're not interacting with them on a day-to-day basis. That's true. And so I think that's the, that's the success route for the independent garden center is really honing in on who their customer is in their area and doing whatever it takes to get the plants that they want. If that means contracting with growers like us, or if that means growing some of the stuff themselves. Gotcha. So what is like an average day, like working in a greenhouse? And it probably looks very different for you compared to like a foreman. So go into like how your day looks as well as like other people that are working within the greenhouse. When So you sent me this question and I was thinking, well, what does an average day look like? And I think that's why I like the greenhouse. There is not an average day, right? I guess this morning what I did. So woke up, I woke up. (laughs) I got here, I got to the greenhouse. And first thing I did is I went and I checked on our, our propagation plugs and made sure that everything looked good, that nothing overnight died that nothing got overwatered, that a sprinkler head didn't break, that, that the plugs are doing good. Because that's, that's the number one priority for me this time of year is I, wanna ma- I need to make sure that the new plants that we're growing for next year's crop are doing well. And so every morning I take an hour or two and I go through and I look and see what those plants are looking like. Then this time of year, it, we're running a pretty sparse crew. And so just looking and seeing um, what needs to be done today. We're really in cleanup mode right now. This is the time of year that we, we can have more time to, to clean up. And so we're sorting our plastic trays. We're, we're cleaning up warehouses. We're cleaning up greenhouses. And so just making sure that the people there are doing what they need to do. And so this time of year, it's starting to ramp up. October is probably our slowest month because it's, it's after we've sold all the stuff for the last year. And we start really ramping up and growing stuff for next year, starting in November, but we really hit it heavy in December. And so over the next couple months, what I'll be focused on is the propagation. And as we bring in more cuttings to to propagate, that's going to be my my biggest area. Wow. There's like no off season for a greenhouse. It's just there used, to, there used to be. So our fall crops were really small. Like we never really, we, we're starting to do mums and we're starting to do fall pansies. Before we'd be done selling stuff in the middle of July, you know. 
but now we're selling other stuff. And then our foliage, you know, that you know a lot about, it's it's picked up a ton, right? And so even that is more year round now. That's part of part of what else I do is the logistics, right? Running truck where they need to go. And so um, we're not shipping a lot this this time of year, but we are shipping a lot of ten inch foliage and a lot of different stuff to stores. Gotcha. Yeah, there's no there's no off season. It feels like we convince ourselves there is, but we're always got something to do. So when it's like getting into springtime, is that your busiest season? Yeah. And like, what does a day look like then? I think if people realized how closely related they are to farms, I think that they would, it'd be a better understanding of what a greenhouse is. We're really just farmers. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we're, we fuse farming and a little bit of science. And so I think we kind of refer to ourselves that we're high tech farmers, right? And so, yeah, during the spring, when, you know, farmers during the spring, what do they do? They go out and they harvest their crop. And so during the spring, that's what we do. We're, we're harvesting our crop. And so in the springtime, I will wake up around, I'll be into work around six o'clock in the morning. And typically we're running crews and I don't leave until about nine o'clock at night. It's 15, 16 hour days in the spring and it's about six days a week. And so Sunday, we try to wrap everything up so that we can reset and get going Monday. But I'll kind of take you through that. So Monday morning, what we do is we call all the stores who want to put in orders or the stores have already put in orders. But basically, we touch bases with each store that we kind of have a relationship with. And so they get all their orders in. And so Monday afternoon, I'm starting to go into one of like we're going into hundreds of greenhouses and we're pulling out exactly what each store wants. And we're putting them on shipping racks and then we're putting them on trucks and then we're shipping them out that day. And so. Monday, we're, we're working heavily on all the Salt Lake stores. Tuesday morning, I get in here early. We try to start pulling all our Boise stuff Tuesday. And then anything left over on Wednesday, we're, we're just trying to finish up the beginning of the week. And so by Wednesday afternoon, we hopefully have all those orders we started working on a Monday finished. And then on Thursday, they start calling them again. And so then we do that whole process again. And so during the spring is, is it's crazy. We probably, you know, if you look at just our profit and our revenue and stuff from the beginning of April to the end of May, we probably make 85% of the money that we make. In a year. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's go, go, go. Yeah. So in your opinion, since you've been in this industry, basically your whole life, what does it take yeah. to have a successful greenhouse? I think just, I think just attention to detail. And I think that it's just everybody has to care, right? There's probably 10 people or there's probably six or seven people in our management team. And each one of us has to care, right? We can't just, nobody cannot care. If you see a problem, you've got to be willing to stop this whole train of momentum that is going, that you've got going and everybody's moving a million miles per hour. But if you see a crappy plant that we're trying to ship out, you got to be able to go take that off go into the greenhouse, grab a different one and put that, you know, a better on the, on the shipping rack. And that's really easy to say, but when you're moving so fast and you realize, okay, if I do that, that's going to slow us down by 20 minutes, which when you're going so fast, like that's, that's significant, but it's, everybody has to be willing to pay attention to the details. And I think that to be a successful greenhouse, you have to pay attention to the details and you have to be willing to sacrifice the fastness and the quickness of it for the quality. And I think that's what stands us apart is we, I think our quality is, is very, very high. Yeah. To find people like, of course, 
there's family members involved in this business and I'm sure they care, but to like find other employees that actually care, how have you guys done that? Is it hard to do? It, it is hard to do. And I, and I can understand that, right? It's not fair to ask anybody else to care as much as I do, right? Like, oh, this is our business. We own it. How can you possibly expect anybody to care as much as you do? And so I think number one, I think you got to set that expectation because they don't, they don't owe that to you. You know, the, this is a job, right? We expect a lot out of people, but you, you can't expect people to care as much as you do. The people that we've found, I think, I think the key is that I think you expect a lot out of people, but you don't expect as much as you expect out of yourself. And so you almost have to have more people that care 50% versus me who cares 100%. You got to have two people that care. 50%. And I think that's fair. And so I think to get good people who care, you just have to have more people. That's a good way to look at it. So what are the best parts about running a greenhouse? Because it's busy. I, there's a lot to do. So in your opinion, let's start with the positive. What are the best parts of it? I think what I'm really proud of, if you look at just a lot of businesses today, it's what are you providing to society? You know what I mean? And so I, I love the fact that we're able to create beauty and a product that is beautiful, right? And that it is manufactured and we are creating something here that is a physical thing that is going out into the world to make it more beautiful, right? And so I think that's what I like the most about working here is that we're creating something that is benefiting society in a positive way. So it's like a deep sense of fulfillment? I think so. I think that that it's... Yeah, I, I, that's a good way to put it. It's a deep sense that you're doing something that is good. I like that. I feel like that's hard for a lot of people to find. I feel yeah. like a lot of people our age, especially, are always looking for a job that is somehow fulfilling and they're not just yeah. slogging away. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and so we're truly blessed, you know, very, very blessed that we're able to, to do that. So on the flip side, what are the not so great parts about running a greenhouse? I think just the, if something breaks, it's on you, you know, like, like going back to that farmer analogy that we're high tech farmers. If a tractor breaks, that farmer's not calling somebody to come and fix that tractor, right? Like that farmer's fixing that tractor himself. So for example, so during the winter, we get pretty cold here, right? During, during the nights, it's probably, you know, we get down into teens here in Utah. And so the least thing I'm looking forward to right now is we have heaters that heat our greenhouses. Plants obviously can't get as cold as we get here. And so we heat our greenhouses during the night. And so if those heaters break, get a phone call in the middle of the night from our computer system that says, hey, this greenhouse is too cold. And so at two o'clock in the morning, I have to get out of bed, drive 15 minutes, and then go fix a heater when it's, you know, 10 degrees outside. I think that just not being able to call somebody and just say, hey, can you go fix that? I think that's the hardest part is just, there's always something going on. There's always something breaking and there's always something that needs to be done here at the greenhouse. Like you said, there is no off season because there's always something to do. And so I think that's the hardest part is you're never done. Like it's always just something else. Yeah. I don't think I ever really realized how similar it is to farmers or like ranchers, things like that. Yeah. Like Sam's grandfather, he's a rancher. That man never takes yeah. a day off and he's like in his eighties. It's like, come out to Utah and visit because he's in Texas and he's like, I can't like, there's always something yeah. to do. And yeah, that 
that would be pretty difficult. I can't imagine like teachers, they have summer built in where they get that time off, but not so for people in greenhouses. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think it's also, it's it's more than a job, right? And so when I physically leave the greenhouse, my mind is still there. I'm still thinking of what's going to happen, what's going on. It makes it hard, but it's it's definitely, it's definitely worth it. Do you have ways of like combating that of like, the greenhouse taking up all your mental space? I probably should. Right now, the greenhouse is an interesting spot where it is a family business, but it's not really a family business. I'd say we're a medium-sized business. You know, in the last couple of years, we're transitioning from a family-run business into a business where we we trust other people to do more stuff. And I think that it's hard. It's really hard to trust other people because, right, you can't expect them to care as much as you do. That's the only way. I think if we ever want to save our sanity, I think that hiring more people at the expense of us, not even just hiring more people, but us willing to give more responsibility to other people. And so I think that we're transitioning there and I think it's probably gonna take 10 years or so to fully transition into, into that, but I think we're right in the middle of that right now. Gotcha. So if someone wanted yeah. to start their own greenhouse, do you have sure. any advice for them? And like, what would be the first steps? If I was gonna go start a greenhouse today, think there's two routes I think you could go. So number one, I, I would go start a, a garden center, right? If you wanted to go start a, a greenhouse, I'd go start a garden center. And I think that you don't make it crazy and you don't go, you know, buy a bunch of land and build something. I think, I think you could start s small niche garden centers, even in like strip malls, right? Mm -hmm. I think that if I was going to start something, I think I would go that way and use technology, use social media to really build up your local following. You look at a lot of the garden centers we deal with, the independent ones, it's a lot of really old people, right? <laughs> and it's not a very high tech industry. And so I think that there's a lot of potential for, for people to start garden centers if they're willing to use technology to them. Interesting. I have friends who have, they've started like a rare plant shop and they're growing everything yeah. right there in the shop and they like bring it down to the storefront and it's interesting to maybe look yeah. at that as a way to perhaps one day get into a, a bigger scale. It doesn't have to be like full blown out greenhouse, but perhaps one day it could lead to that. Yeah. And I mean, that's exactly, you're not going to, you know, we, we probably do, we do over a hundred different kinds of plants, but, and so option number two, going along with that, we started out just doing one plant, right? We started out, well, a set of plant perennials. Uh, we went to the big box stores and we said, hey, the people that grow these for you, they suck. We're good at it. You know, let us take these and let us grow these. And why don't you buy these from us? And so over time, each category that we've started growing, that store has come to us and said, well, you did a good job with these. These other growers don't want to grow the pansies anymore. How do you want to work on the pansies? And we're like, oh, we don't know how to grow pansies, but we went and we figured it out and we started growing pansies and so we just perfected that and so if i was to suggest something to somebody who wanted to start a greenhouse figure out a plant that you can go and you can grow in just your backyard or in a in a in a greenhouse that you just build in your backyard or something like that that you can perfect right and i would go to independent garden center and i'd go in may and i'd say i'd say hey look at this plant it does not look good i can grow this better for you and don't get too crazy, you know, don't go contact like 10 garden centers, but go focus on one and say, hey, I can grow this better for you. You know, let me do this part of your crop, right? Let me do these plants for you because I can do it better. And then over time, you, you perfect that crop and you do it again and then you do it again. And so that would be my suggestion. If, if you wanted to start a greenhouse is nail down how to grow one plant. 
And once you know how to do that and you're the expert in that, then go and try to sell that plant, just that that plant to, to independent garden center. That's great advice because in my mind, it's like, oh, what are the first steps to starting a greenhouse? I need a buttload of land. <laughs> it's like, that's not attainable for most people. Like no. land is expensive. <laughs> we couldn't do it. Like we're looking around our, our land. We couldn't afford our land right now the, if we had to buy it. And so, yeah, it's crazy. And so, yeah, just ramp up to it. Yeah, I like that. So my last question for you is, do you recommend people starting their own greenhouse? Like, is it something that if someone was interested in it, that you would advise them to go for it? I think, yeah, I think I would. I think it's going to be harder than I think it, it's going to be, but I think that you can do it. And so I think that you've got to be creative with it, right? With anything, because you're competing against, you're competing against huge institutional growers. Right. And so what can you bring to the table that those people can't? And what you can bring to the table is just an obsession over the details, like we talked about earlier. Right. You can bring an obsession more than they do because they're growing tens of thousands of plants. Right. And so what do you do? If you grow 100 plants perfectly, then you're going to have a chance to, to do something awesome. And so, yeah, if you like plants. OK, here's the question. If would I recommend it? If you like plants and you want to work with plants, no, because you don't, it's like, it's, everybody I talk to, they're like, oh man, you just play in the dirt and I love gardening. I'd love to work at the green. It's like, but it's not, but you gotta have a mind shift change that you're not in your garden at home. You know, you're, you're a farmer. Yeah. Does your grandmother being kind of the passion behind this, does she still hold a lot of that passion for this and still love doing it? Yeah. I think that she holds, she, you look at motivations, right? I wouldn't be in this business, right? If, if we didn't make money doing it, right? If, if it was, and so that's, that's really my, why I'm here, right? Because it's a job, right? But my grandma is in it because she loves plants and she is the passion that drives it, right? You know, she's getting old. How do we instill that with the rest of us that it's not just a job that it is, it is passion. And that's what makes us the bet because she is so passionate about it and she, we we're passionate as a company in providing the best, the best plants we can. And so, yeah, I, you've got to love plants on some level, but you've also got to realize that that's not why I'm doing it. Yes. Okay. So that can't be your only motivation. Yeah. If you want to run a successful, and just like any business, right? If you want to run a successful business, you got to, you got to have the passion for it, but you also got, it also has to make sense, right? It can make sense. Yeah. And I love how you pointed out, look at what you as like a, small company starting out what you can offer in like its uniqueness or attention to detail that's really I feel like valuable advice for someone who's thinking about it yeah because you you the person who wants to start a greenhouse who can provide so much more detail on an individual crop than we can right we when we're doing our propagation right I treat a bacopa the same way I treat a caliber coa right as far as how I water it and how, you know, what fertilizers I use, because I just can't, I don't have the time to individually do what's best for each one of those plants. So I average it out and I say, okay, this is what's going to be most best. You know, this is going to be what's most best for the plant. But if you can go and really hone in on one, that's, that's your guys' advantage. So Ryan, where can we find more <laughs> about Sunshine Greenhouses? I've mentioned on the podcast before how you guys are delving into like 
uh, online houseplant retail. So tell us more about that. Yeah. And so we're looking at kind of the landscape and the greenhouse industry is kind of old. We're not very technologically savvy. And there's a lot of people, right? What we're trying to do is we're trying to sell plants online. And so, and so when, when you guys give out free plants to people, we think that's really, really cool. And so what we're trying to do is we're just look at in online stores right now where you can buy plants. There's a lot of, there's a lot of different ones, right? But what we're trying to do is we're trying to be a online plant seller for people who actually like plants, right? You go online and there's a lot of, you could buy pretty generic, pretty basic plants that you could go buy at Walmart. Or on the other side of that, you can buy a pink philodendron princess, orange, blah, 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 you know, for $2,000. And so, and I, so I think we're trying to, to meet in the middle there, right? Where, where we have really cool plants that, that people want, but aren't crazy expensive because we have the connections. I mean, the, the actual cost of getting some of these rare plants is pretty similar to getting regular plants. Just nobody knows to grow them. That's what makes them rare, right? If you look at the pink princess philodendron a couple of years ago, that thing was selling for like $200 a pot. And now I think I saw at Costco, they're caught like Costco selling them for like 10 or $15, yeah. right? And so actually getting the plants isn't hard. It's knowing what's actually cool. And so that's why, you know, we're, we're looking for feedback from everybody on what, what plants are cool. And so what we're doing right now, we have our online garden center up and we'll probably put a link in the description or something. And what we're doing right now is it's kind of our proof of concept. If you go onto the website right now, it's a lot of plants that you can, you can find most places. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to figure out the best ways to, to ship them and kind of what you guys like already. And so that we can provide those. And once we kind of prove that this concept is a legit thing we can do, then we are going to go invest time and money into propagating and getting really cool and unique. So if any of our listeners wanted to give feedback of maybe plants they're interested in buying, where could they go to give you that feedback? I think the easiest thing, I should be more organized <laughs> than this, but I think that the easiest thing would just be to, to shoot us an email, right? And so our email is plantsbysunshine at gmail.com. I'll put the email and I'll put the link to your guys' storefront in the description of this episode for any of our listeners that are interested. Awesome. Yeah. And Rachel's been awesome. She's been, you know, she's been really, really great in helping us. You know, I was listening to podcasts, just trying to figure out, okay, what's, because we're in the indoor plant space, but we want to get more into it. And so I was just going through podcasts, listening to them and I listened to plant school. It was freaking awesome. <laughs> I loved it. And it was just, I like, I, I think I'm naturally a hyper person and so you're like your voice is very soothing and like you're really good at this and so and so it's just relaxing and it was you do a really really good job and it's been awesome I probably did a really bad job on the podcast but it's oh really, it's been you've done great I'm so grateful that you came on and thank you for those compliments I I'm glad someone listens and enjoys and I'm glad that we connected that we like live so close to each other and it all worked out and that concludes my interview with Ryan McCord. I had such a great time talking with him. And if you guys have a spare moment after listening to this podcast or in your day, please, please, please check out their website. Give back feedback to the email that he mentioned, plantsbysunshine at gmail.com. They've been so kind to kind of sponsor our giveaways. And this is just a small thing that can be done. 
but would go so far in helping their greenhouse out and starting in the online houseplant space. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you will join me in two weeks for a brand new episode of the Plant School podcast. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to the Plant School podcast. I hope that you will join me for our next episode. And if you would like to support this podcast and keep it going, there's a link down in the show notes of this episode where you can donate to this podcast. And I really appreciate all that help. Or you can go to my merch store, which is also linked in the notes of this episode. And you can find some really cool plant-related shirts and stickers. And if you want to support the podcast but spend no money, feel free to share it with a friend, leave a review. All these things greatly help me out and allow me to keep doing this. Again, thank you so much for listening and for being here at the Plant School Podcast. Thank you.